maybe you know of a situation or uh, a person that's just in need of a prayer. Maybe you just can think of them and just maybe say their name out to the Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace that comes when we're weak. Lord, you said when we're weak, you would be strong. And so, Lord, we ask for your strength to rise up in situations, in people's lives, in Jesus' name, where people are struggling, where people have been maybe pressed back. Maybe there's a battle with health or whatever, finances, whatever it is. Lord, we just pray in the name of Jesus, your grace would come in. Come in. Holy Spirit, rush in there. Lord, we pray like a flood. You would rush in, Lord, and sweep over, over people's lives, over situations in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, we're believing for miracles. We're believing for breakthrough, God. We're believing for healing in Jesus' name. Lord, we're believing for change in attitude and change in, in, uh, in heart, Lord. Lord, where our hearts have maybe been hard, Lord, we pray there would be softness of heart. Lord, we just agree with the words Ronadette spoke earlier, Lord. You would do your work of unity in us. Lord, where there's been division, Lord, we pray there would be unity in Jesus' name. Lord, that's not just a, a getting along, but Lord, that's but a life, lives transformed by you, Jesus. Transformed by your spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that you want to work in us. In Jesus' name, we just yield our hearts now to your word and to your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, it's good to have uh, a few people here in the room uh, joining us, and we're excited to have a baptism later on in the service, and uh, we'll be introducing uh, them a little bit later, and uh, we want to congratulate, I think there was about 10 people that went through our on-ramp session uh, earlier this morning, and want to say thank you for uh, making that a priority. And uh, we're excited to hear already testimonies of how Jesus has been at work in people's lives. And that is really, really neat. Even in the face of challenge and difficulty, even when we're feeling weak and not at our best, you know, Jesus can work. <laughs> in fact, that's usually when he does his best work. <laughs> when we don't feel strong. When we don't feel uh, encouraged, you know, Jesus can come in there and he can do more than we could ask or imagine. And uh, we're just, that's what we're living our lives on. Yeah, that's what we're basing our lives on. And uh, we know uh, there's been some real challenges. We just want to lift up our friends uh, from Cedar School. We just know that they came under attack this week. And we're believing, though, even in the face of challenge, <laughs> this is an opportunity for our great God to rise up and show his strength and his grace for our friends at Cedars. And, and uh, we're, we're part of that uh, family and that community. And so we, we're believing with you that God is going to be faithful to you and he's going to show up in a powerful way. Those of you that have been facing challenges of many kinds, look, we're just believing that you're going to encounter the goodness of God, even in the face of that. We're going to jump into the word today. Uh, this is our last message on uh, the subject of winning the war in your mind. We want to say thank you for being a part of that. If you're uh, uh, joining us in our uh, Gateway Church Live 
uh, platform. We want to say thank you for being here. And maybe you could just write in the chat uh, that I'm winning the war. I'm winning the war. And we're not talking about a uh, physical war. The Bible tells us we don't, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against spiritual uh, forces in high places. And uh, we want to also remind you, there's a button just at the top, I believe, on your screen or it's on your phone screen there. You can find it. Uh, for free resources, and if you click that, you just have to put your name and your email in there, and uh, by the end of the service today, you'll get a free uh, resource, which is a reframing tool, and Pastor Kimmy prepared that for the message last week about reframing. What a powerful message, and it was amazing. Uh, we actually laughed uh, in the office here many times this week about how the Lord was using reframing uh, our circumstances, how he changed our, our perspective, looking at difficult situations for opportunities for our God to be great. Even as we were praying this morning, that's how we were praying. And uh, there's a resource to help you to reframe circumstances and situations and it's free for you. And if you do that, your name will go automatically in uh, a uh, draw. We have two uh, Winning the War in Your Mind books uh, by Craig Rochelle. We want to give those away. And we've been excited. I think there's been two winners from past weeks. I'm not sure who you are. But I, I know that there's been winners that have got their books. And you will get a book this week if you uh, win that draw. So there's two of those. If you ask for those free resources, you can do that right away. Right on. So we're continuing, as I said, in this series. We're talking about battles uh, that we've won or lost. And we're talking about having a life that's framed by the positive uh, spirit of God and how sometimes our lives can be uh, run uh, sideways by negative perspectives and problems. And if you're anything like me, which I think you are, uh, you have times where your thoughts get run away, where irrational worries can rise up. And I think uh, uh, we can do something to overcome those. And today we want to speak to you for a few minutes about calming our anxious mind, okay? And uh, I was uh, uh, smiling because uh, speaking of being worried, my wife and I uh, have a little jerk joke that we say, or I guess I say it more than, than she does, but, but uh, when it comes to being worried, I say, I don't actually have to worry because Carla worries enough for the both of us. She just looks after all the worrying and I can just smile and go, go carry on. And uh, 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 for instance, last week, uh, my wife got a new laptop computer, and uh, she was hosting the Gateway Church uh, Live last week, and if you've been on Gateway Church Live, and if you're on there right now, I think she's actually hosting right now, and uh, so she's serving you, helping you, you can say hi to her, and uh, she's one of the most organized people I know. Just every detail of everything is always looked after. And, uh, and so we were coming to the church uh, last week, and she was going to be hosting, and she was so worried. And I said, honey, why are you so worried? She said, I've got this new laptop, and what if I can't hook up to the internet when I get to the church? <laughs> I said to her, well, what if you can? <laughs> you know, uh, what if I can't, she thought. I said, it's going to be okay. Then she said, what if I plug my headphones in and I can't hear what's happening? You know, what if, what if, uh, uh, what if uh, 
she said, what if I get to the church? Where am I going to sit at the church where I can actually hear what's going on and be able to, to focus? If you don't know uh, what's happening in the room here is actually two minutes before you hear it. So it's, there's a delay. So it, if you're in the room, it can actually be quite confusing. So she was like, what if I can't find a spot where I can understand? Or what if other, the other hosts don't show up on the team? <laughs> and that's what sometimes we, how we live our lives. We live our lives under this pretense of being worried about everything. What if something happened? Do you have a mind that races? Do you have a mind that says, what if? You know, I find myself doing that, even though I don't worry a lot. I find myself at times being overwhelmed with discouragement, being overwhelmed with fear, being overwhelmed with anxious thoughts. I think we can all relate to that at times. Sometimes we get frozen by fear. We, we stop even moving ahead. We stop believing. We stop believing that Jesus could make a way. We get frozen in our lives. We can be overcome with our discouragement. I want to turn to the book of Philippians this morning, uh, chapter 4, and that's going to be on the screen, but if you have your Bible, you can also turn uh, and read these words uh, in verses 6 through 9. This is what the Apostle Paul wrote. Do not be anxious about anything, he said, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And the God of peace, who's our God? <laughs> Who's our God? What does the word say about our God? He's anxious. He's discouraged. He's overcome. He's frozen with fear. No, our God is a God of peace. And he will be with you. Isn't that a great promise? Isn't that a great promise? So today we're talking about calming our anxious mind. And I believe this is going to be a powerful word for you. That the Lord has something to say to you. He wants not just something to say, but he wants to deliver you from your fear and your anxiousness. And he wants to bring peace into your life. Why don't you put that in the chat? If you're uh, online, if you're in the room here, why don't you just say, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. That was uh, the word of God. The God of peace will be with you. Peace be with you. Why don't you type that into the chat? And uh, let's believe that the peace of God is going to be with our brothers and sisters. So we're talking about worry and anxiety and how it comes in is a part of our thinking or in our minds. We've made a statement in past weeks that says, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. <laughs> if your strongest thoughts are worry, then you are probably moving towards a life of worry and anxiety. If your thoughts are being afraid, then you're probably being restricted by your fears. The good news is if we have good thoughts, that means our life is moving towards something good. <laughs> the not so good news is if our thoughts are negative, 
that our lives are probably being influenced by those negative thoughts. In our minds, there's a little almond-shaped portion. And just stay with me. There's a little piece in your brain that's called the amygdala. It's very small. It's about the size of an almond, a little nut. And it's in your, in your part of your brain. And the amygdala is the part of your brain that's wired for survival. You've heard uh, of that statement, fight or flight. When you get afraid or something springs up, you either fight it or you fight. Uh, flight. You, you run from it, right? And that's your amygdala telling you, ah, <laughs> get out of here, or you got to respond somehow. Danger, when danger arises, your amygdala kicks in, and it sends a very strong dose of adrenaline to you. Now, when our kids were younger, we used to do a lot of camping, and uh, they will all kind of be smiling about this, but but when a squirrel, uh, sometimes you'd be at a campsite and the little squirrels, they know there's people, there's food, right? There's going to be snacks, there's going to be treats, right? So the squirrels come running out and my wife, Carla, she would see the squirrel and she would scream, you know, little, a little tiny little squirrel, you know, that couldn't hurt you at all. But, but just amygdala, it, it, that little squirrel runs out and, uh, and your amygdala says, ah! danger. You, you don't know what it's going to do and you either going to fight that thing or you're going to run from it. Uh, you might be on the road and a fire truck comes and uh, sirens come on and the, or the ambulance or the police and you right away, ah, you're, you know, you see cars, uh, don't know, they don't know what to do. They're kind of darting around. Should they pull over? What way should they go? Or should they get out of the intersection or whatever? And that's your amygdala, the adrenaline rush. The smoke detector went off in our house yesterday. And uh, you jump, oh, what's going on? You know, is there a fire? You know, you start to look around and wonder what's going on. And that's your amygdala telling you, danger, you've got to address this thing. The problem with the amygdala is the amygdala is not an objective part of your brain. It's just, it's just hardwired, hardwired to protect you. It's hardwired to trigger a response in you. Now, uh, when I first met Carla and I'd visit her farm, her mom and dad's farm uh, in uh, Saskatchewan, and uh, I noticed uh, early when we were dating that she was very afraid of these little birds on the farm called swallows. And swallows are really neat birds. They kind of have like jet airplane wings. They kind of sweep back and, they, and they, they just dart around the sky. They're just fun to watch. But they just change directions, you know, really fast. And if they think danger's coming, they'll swoop right down. In fact, they'll actually hit you on the head. You know, they'll fly down and bump into you. And one, uh, this happened to my wife, that she had uh, got close to a barn swallow nest and they came down and swooped and hit her. And so she became very afraid. A tiny little bird. Tiny little bird. But it just was quick. You couldn't tell which way it was going to go. And in her mind, her amygdala would trigger every time she saw that little bird darting this way and that way. And swooping. And she just would freeze in fear. And she knew that that little bird could not be trusted. The amygdala is not objective. 
It doesn't say, oh, that little bird couldn't hurt you, or that little bird, that, you're way bigger than that little bird, or that little bird is just trying to protect his nest. We'll just move over here a little bit, and it'll be okay. There's no objectiveness in the amygdala. It's just telling you, you either got to fight that thing, or you got to run. So the amygdala needs help. It needs help from the part of your brain that's called the prefrontal cortex. This is the logic part of your brain. So uh, prefrontal cortex is not uh, hardwired to uh, just protect. It's hardwired to be logical and to think through things, right? So for instance, if you're in bed at night and you hear some creaking in the house, some, you know, some cracking or snapping or something, your amygdala right away says, you're going to die. Right? That's why you have a baseball bat hiding around the corner or whatever, right? Uh, but your prefrontal cortex says, you're not going to die. That's just the furnace warming up the house and the, and the boards in the floor are changing size or whatever. And there's some creaks and pops. Or there's some snow falling on the roof and the weight of that snow is just causing the house to settle a little bit. Or the cat just jumped off the kitchen counter because you left something out up there or whatever. So your prefrontal cortex is reasonable. So without the prefrontal cortex, our amygdala will respond according to how it's programmed to fight or flight. For instance, those quick flighty animals that can't be trusted by Carla. <laughs> you can't trust those. The amygdala is always going to tell her. This is why people, places, and events in our lives will often trigger feelings of anxiety in us. <laughs> in fact, I heard it in prayer, uh, in our church-wide prayer this morning. Someone was even just praying about feelings of anxiety and how they can be triggered by people, places, and events. It just, it's not even, not even that reasonable. But our... our, uh, our uh, uh, non-objective part of our brain tells us we've got to, to respond to these things. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote to the Philippians earlier in chapter 4, uh, uh, what I, I read earlier, uh, these words, do not be anxious about anything. <laughs> Don't be anxious. He was telling us, you know, when you've got a big test coming up, Tell your amygdala you're not going to be anxious about that. When you've got a job interview, you need to tell your amygdala, I'm not going to be anxious about that. When you've got financial fears or relational fears going on, you need to tell your amygdala, I am not going to be anxious about that. I'm not going to be anxious about anything. But in every situation by prayer... With petition and thanksgiving, I am going to present my requests to God. And I know that the peace of God at that time will come. And he will transcend understanding. He's going to guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing how often we may have said, all we have left to do is pray. We can't do, there's nothing else we can do but pray. Oh man, we're in deep. I don't know what else I can do. I'm in, I'm in trouble. 
You know, I got a debt I got to pay. I got, I'm in trouble in a relationship. I said something I should not have said. What am I going to do? Oh, I don't know what else to do at this point but pray. <laughs> you know, when we, we sometimes we talk about prayer like it's like the last, last, last resort. Well, Paul is saying prayer is actually powerful to change our minds. It's actually powerful to work in our lives. It's not our last line of defense. It's actually our first line of defense. It's what we do first is to pray. You know, we sing this song uh, called Defender. Hallelujah, great defender. It's so much better your way. And there's a line in there that says, all I did was praise. All I did was worship. All I did was stay still. <laughs> That's just coming to God and saying, you know what, God? You're my great defender. The first thing I'm going to do is come to you in prayer. You know, the writer of the Hebrews said, we can boldly come before the throne of grace, before God's throne. That's prayer. We can boldly come there. We belong there. James said these words, you don't have because, what? You don't ask. Yeah. That's prayer. When we need peace, when we need the grace of God, when we need the strength of God, prayer is our first line of defense. Not only does prayer move God's heart, as we've been talking about, it also prays, uh, prayer also changes your brain. It actually has the power to change the chemistry in your brain. Now, it's been believed for decades by scientists that the brain did not change. Once you came through adolescence, the brain was kind of formed, and you, what you had was what you got. That was the thing. But now there's this study called neuroplasticity, which is the study that shows the brain is continually changing. Even in adults, a brain, your brain can change. It's being rewired. And we've been talking in past weeks about uh, the pathways of the brain, neural pathways, and so on. And Pastor Kimmy was talking about that last week. If you want to hear more about it, you can hear it in the message. On, find it on our YouTube channel. There's also a study called Neurotheology. And this is a study of God, how, this, how God uh, can affect our brains. Or spiritual neuroscience. Neurotheology is the study of relationship between the brain and our belief in God. Which Paul is actually talking about in this verse. That God, the peace of God would affect your mind and your heart. Prayer can change your brain. Is really what Paul was saying. There's a doctor named Carolyn Leaf, and she's written a book called Switch on Your Brain. I just wrote a quote from her book. If you're interested in reading a great book on how God works in your brain and how he can bring healing to your mind, this is a powerful book. And this is the statement that I've taken out of there. It says this. It has been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. Isn't that amazing? Your brain can be changed 
by the power of prayer, by the encountering the presence of God. You know, just as toxic, negative thoughts can hurt your brain, prayer can heal and transform and renew your mind. <laughs> so why do we worry? Why do we panic? Why do we come into anxiety? Well, a couple of reasons. And the scientific reason would be, well, our amygdala, that practical flight or response part of our brain, is telling you, you've got to do, you've got to respond. You've got to, anxiety, fear, whatever, is, is going to spring up. But God would say, or the word of God would say, that your mind can be dominated by sinful thoughts, sinful thinking, negative thinking. You know, what is worry? I've written a definition for worry. Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and power of God. That's what worry is. It's the sin of distrusting the promises and power of God. We get our mind and our eyes off of what God has promised us, what God has declared over us, and we begin to fall into fear and anxiety. Instead of letting my sinful nature control my mind, though, we can choose to let the Spirit of God direct our thinking. You know, the logical part of my brain, my prefrontal cortex, that logical part, can actually choose, the Bible says, what is spiritual. And I want to read these verses to you out of Romans chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. And I believe those are going to be on the screen as well. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. You know, I could, I could preach a whole message on those words, but I think the Holy Spirit just wants to speak to us. So I want to read them one more time. Just let them sink into your, into your spirit, into your mind. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. You know, deciding to allow the Holy Spirit to control your thoughts, to base your thoughts on the truth of the Word of God and on who we know God to be, this will lead us to life and peace. We've studied in past weeks that we're to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. You know, when sinful, fearful thoughts begin to run wild, what can we do? We can choose to allow the Holy Spirit to have control. We can give our worry to him. This is why we encourage you. You know, as we're meeting in connect groups, and I want to just encourage you. You know, we've been meeting on Wednesday nights. I want to tell you, it's not my favorite thing to do, to meet on Zoom. 
But I tell you, every Wednesday, I've encountered the presence of God. It's been a battle for me to get into the Zoom room, you know, to make myself smile about doing it. And I've always met with people and prayed with people and encountered the Word of God and, and encountered the presence of God. It's amazing. Amazing. And this week, Jared was teaching on encountering God in his Word. What a powerful, powerful lesson. You know, I think I'm a pastor for years. I, I don't even know how many years. Probably 30 years or something. I think, oh man, I'm studying the Bible all the time. And we got into our little group and started to read Romans chapter 12. Oh, I was just so blown away by the people in my group, how they were hearing God's voice speak to them. It was so encouraging to me. I just left there feeling so much stronger that the Holy Spirit wanted to encounter me, that he wanted to bring something of the mind of God to me. <laughs> and that's why we encourage that. It's not to torture you. It's not to torture me. To find a physical place. Find a dedicated time that you will go and encounter the presence of God in his word. You know, Jesus had a physical place that he went to encounter God. The Bible says he went to a secluded place. You know, Jesus did that. He went and found a place where it was him and God. And he was able to encounter the goodness of his father. The presence of God. We can't live without your presence, Lord. Forgive us, oh God, when we've whined and complained. Forgive us, Lord, when we've looked for other ways to find joy and peace in our minds. We know God. <laughs> we know, Lord, that it's in your presence that there's fullness of joy. You know, Paul also made these places. They weren't always in happy places. You know, we think, I've got a beautiful spot in my house where I can sit and read the word and pray and I can look out over the valley. It's a beautiful spot. But you know, Paul, Paul, he was oftentimes in the word, we read that he was in prison. He was in a dungeon. He was in chains. His life was not convenient. He was in difficult spots. He was in places where stress and anxiety would have been at their highest. And you know what Paul said? He would encounter the very presence of God. The presence of God would come and touch his mind in such a way that he would begin to pray for others that they would encounter the goodness of God like he was encountering. Isn't that amazing? Even in the midst of his most difficult circumstances. You might be in difficult circumstances. In fact, we're all in difficult circumstances these days. But some, you might be here and thinking, Pastor Greg, I am up against the wall. I do not know what to do. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's no easy answer that I have for you. Other than run to the presence of God. Find a place where you can get alone with him. Where you can lay hold of him. Where you can bear your heart to him. 
where you can know his presence and allow him to come into your mind. And let's believe that the spirit of God would come into your mind and lead you to life and peace as the word of God promises. You know, our life, no matter our circumstances or situation, and some of you I know are going through real challenges, difficult challenges. But the Bible says our lives are hidden with God in Christ Jesus. That's the reality of the scripture. You know, your amygdala might be telling you, you've got to run, you've got to fight, you've got to get mad, you've got to get angry, you've got to get even or whatever. But I'm telling you, the Bible tells us that your life and my life is hidden with God in Christ Jesus, despite our circumstances, despite our situations, despite what we're facing. I'm inviting you, and the Spirit of God is inviting you, inviting you to be hidden with God in Christ Jesus. Allow your mind to be transformed by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And we're, we're finishing our preach a couple minutes early today. And we're going to just take a few minutes. And I'm just going to pray for you. I, I, I don't want us just to, let's not just listen to the words of this song as the team. I'm not sure what they're going to sing. But as they sing, let's believe for an encounter with the presence of God. Let's believe for an encounter with the presence of God. We are not going to depend on our circumstances to bring us peace. But we're going to find rest in the presence of the Prince of Peace. Right? I'm inviting you. Let's find our peace in the rest of our Prince of Peace. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're just, we're just believing, God, for your Holy Spirit to come and visit uh, people in their homes or wherever they are, in their cars or in their office or wherever they're listening to this message. Lord, we're believing, Holy Spirit, that you're going to come as people are just opening their hearts to you, opening our hearts and agreeing with your word, Holy Spirit, that you want to come and bring peace to their minds, peace to their hearts. Lord, we pray for people that have, are battling with anxiety today. They're battling with fear. They're battling with a situation in their lives. It just feels overwhelming. Lord, we pray, Lord, as they're opening their hearts to you, Lord, we pray that their minds would come to rest. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. They'd find perfect peace in you, Jesus. Perfect peace in you. Perfect peace. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Visit us, we pray. We need you, God. We need you, God. We need to encounter you, God. We need to encounter you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you've never opened your heart to Jesus before. I want to encourage you. You can, you can encounter him. You can know him. You can know him personally by just inviting him into your life. It starts off with just knowing that he gave his life. He gave his life for you on the cross. He paid the penalty of your sin and my sin. 
He gave it all for you. And all you need to do is, is ask him to apply his blood to your life just to forgive you, to wash your sins away. And Lord, we just do that right now. If you've never prayed that prayer, we just ask, Jesus, would you come into my life? Would you forgive me, Lord? Would you just take all of the sin and all of the regret, all of the pain, and just take my heart, Lord, and make it new? Today, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, I want to live different. I want to be reborn. I want to have a second chance at this life. And so, Lord, I just invite you into my life. In Jesus' name, ask you again to forgive me. Renew me, we pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The worship team is going to lead us. I just encourage you. And just invite. Why don't you just say that? I invite you, Holy Spirit. Bring your peace. Bring your peace into my life. Thank you, Lord.